0: This is an Odyssey Original. This is the War in Ukraine Daily. I'm
1: Charles Feldman. And I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. As Russia's war grinds on in eastern Ukraine, we're learning a bit more about the fates of two Americans who were volunteers fighting for the Ukrainian army when they were captured by the Russians. A Kremlin spokesperson has acknowledged the two Americans, both military vets, are in Russian custody. He called them soldiers of fortune and said the Geneva Convention and wartime protections they provide fighters don't apply in this case since Russia considers them mercenaries. The
0: two Americans were fighting with a small group of foreign soldiers and went missing in action when their platoon came under heavy fire in a village near Kharkiv, which is about 25 miles from the Russian border. On Russian state television, there have already been suggestions the two men should be tried and executed for war crimes. Can and would the U.S. try to help free them? Dan Blakely is a special ops army ranger veteran and co-author of the book The 20-Year War, which documents the experience of U.S. troops during the war on terror. Dan, thanks for being uh, here. So I guess Russia is essentially throwing out the Geneva Convention in this case?
2: Yeah, I think that's a a really important distinction that, uh, you know, the the uh, Kremlin press secretary basically said um, yesterday, and uh, really just wiping off the clarification of what actually qualifies as a quote soldier of fortune, the words that he used, or what people classify as a mercenary. Um, He was pressed multiple times to say what war crimes specifically that these uh, two Americans have faced, and he just kept on repeating that, you know, these were soldiers of fortune, which the Kremlin laid this out very early on in the beginning of the war on March 3rd when, uh, you know, the defense minister basically came out and said, if anybody volunteers to fight alongside Ukraine, you will not face the same international humanitarian law like the Geneva Convention. will not have the luxury of being a prisoner of war. Uh, So that was a very clear statement at the beginning of the war. And you could see them acting out today.
0: So what, if anything, does, can the U.S. do?
2: Uh, You know, this is this is right up the Kremlin's alley. They are going to utilize these two, uh, you know, Americans as a bargaining chip. They are going to try and make the U.S. bend over backwards to whether that's uh, less the amount of weaponry or completely withdraw any sort of weaponry and and financial aid and assistance to Ukraine, Uh, whether that's trying to uh, broker some sort of deal in trading of of personnel between the US and Russia or Ukraine and Russia, Um, it's going to be their way of trying to get in and trying to, again, make the West and ultimately the US bend to uh, to their ideals.
1: And I guess they assume times on their side because we know how long it can take to get people back from countries.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you're seeing uh, them play basically the same, uh, the same, uh, you know, book with uh, Brittany Griner that's over there. Yes, she's being prosecuted more for you know domestic crimes, but uh, they're going to just just play the long game on this. That is Russia's MO. That's what they like to do. Is they want to see how far. You know, any country is willing to go to, to press for their people or press for their, um, you know, their, their plans and initiatives that they want to see executed. And, and this is just something that they're going to continue to press on for as long as they can.
0: How are those two likely to be treated?
2: Well, because they've very clearly said that they are not going to uphold the same standards of humanitarian international law. Um, they are not going to have the same luxuries of the prisoner, prisoners of war. Um, I'm concerned that they certainly will uh, you know, will torture them and torment them in, in certain ways. Uh, this is a very public um, you know, action and, and thing that is happening, though, that is playing out. And so I, I do not believe that the Kremlin's going to be so stupid to uh, torture them to the point of where you know, we can't get proof of life and, and you know, again, keep them as a bargaining chip and, and something that they try and negotiate with. Um, but I, I certainly think that, you know, they'll, they'll unfortunately go through days of, of torment and torture that uh, that uh, is, is probably not going to be pleasant.
1: Yeah. And how much will we even know about some of that until maybe we finally do get them back? Even in the Brittany Griner case, which you mentioned, I mean, they like moved her somewhere else the other week. And, and he, the, her lawyer who was trying to check up on her says, I don't know where she is right now. I'm trying to figure it out
2: yeah that's right and uh nobody in the kremlin like i said the press secretary he was he was pressured on that same question and uh he didn't have an answer he said you know it's 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 being prosecuted the way that, you know within our laws and she's being handled within the bounds of our laws and uh i'll leave it at that which is uh, a ridiculous statement to say basically that they're going to do what they want uh until again they get some concessions that they they think are in their favor
0: i'm curious how easy is it to become a mercenary it seemed like these guys you know it was pretty easy
2: well i, I want to make it very very clear so to to be an international uh, foreign legion to join an international foreign legion it's, it's not too difficult um, it happens uh, all, really all across the world but the definition of a, of a mercenary is somebody who is motivated to take part in the hostilities uh by desire of private gain or promise. Uh, by the party in conflict material compensation substantially in excess of that promise or paid to combatants of similar rank and functions in the armed forces of that party. That is directly from the Geneva Convention. So these people were not mercenaries. They were not being paid uh, to the same level or in excess of those that are active in the Ukrainian army. So uh, the definition is is pretty clear and it's, it's written in such a way so that people are not Uh, You know, basically uh, paid hires to come, you know, kill some some uh, country's enemies uh, to try and make sure that there's a clear distinction there. A lot of the people that volunteered at the beginning of this war were not were not motivated by financial gains. They were motivated by the imagery that they were seeing of people being slaughtered across the country uh, there in Ukraine, and that is again a very clear distinction that I want to make.
1: Yeah, you join a foreign legion for the cause, right? It's just that Russia doesn't recognize the cause here.
2: Exactly. And, and that is something, again, the press secretary for, for the Kremlin was, was very clear of trying to skirt that as an answer. And again, they made their, their point very clear back in March, the beginning of March, is that they were going to see anybody that volunteers to fight alongside Ukraine as a mercenary, even if it does not fit within the bounds of the definition within the Geneva Conventions.
1: Dan Blakely, Special Ops Army Ranger veteran, co-author of the book The 20-Year War, documents the experience of U.S. troops during the War on Terror. Dan, thanks. You'll find this Odyssey original and others at the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.